0: So, is it easy to find out what a business should be selling for based on comparing it to data that you can find of past sale transactions online? Hey there, it's Dave Barnett here from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, podcast, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized enterprises. This week we're gonna be talking about a topic that came up in one of my Business Buyer Adventure Group coaching calls last week about using data uh, that you can find on some paid online databases, um, using that data to figure out what a business should be selling for. But first, let me tell you, um, this past weekend, my daughter turned 11 and I had an amazing offer on one of my online courses, and the only way that you would have ever known about it is if you were on my email list And so for those of you guys who watch on YouTube who are not on the email list, you may want to sign up. You can go over to davidcbarnett.com and right down here on the left, there's a sign up form um, and you just fill it in and you check off the boxes as to what topics you're interested in and I will only send you emails about those things. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. So um, one of the guys who's in the group is looking at buying a certain kind of business and he paid to join one of these online databases of past sale transactions and he was doing you know bringing numbers together and he had a linear regression chart it was all very cool looking with little dots on it showing the data points between the selling price and the ebitda or maybe it was the revenue i I don't know but um so it looked very cool it was very slick and uh he's been a bit of a computer guy so i think that appealed to him so here's the deal though uh, when I was learning how to be a business broker and when I was becoming certified in the trade, um, I learned how to do research using these paid databases. And afterwards, when I was a business broker, I was asked to submit my data to some of these paid databases. And there are several of them out there. There's there's a few of them. And so the way that it works is that you do a deal and they only want certified business brokers to put data, data in because they have to make sure that things like the normalizations uh, are done correctly, so that um, they know that they can have confidence in the data. So that later, when you go to look at it, other business brokers are going to look at it. They want to know that things like the financial recasting are done correctly. So, so there's a certain amount of of faith when you go looking in here that the people who put the data in uh, did know what they were doing. Okay, so that's number one. But number two is they use uh, a system to classify businesses, and there are are two of them. One's called the SIC, and if you've ever seen a SIC code uh, for a business, what it stands for is Standard Industrial Classification, maybe, and then there's a second system called NAICS, which is the North American Industrial Classification System, maybe. I'm not so sure. I just see the abbreviations everywhere. Um, But basically, the SIC code and the NAICS code, this is a classification system and where they try to put every kind of business out there into a certain bucket, okay? And these systems were created by people who were interested in stuff like workplace accidents and workers' compensation insurance. So, you know, why are people interested in that? Well, if you are a public, you know, service administration for a workplace, you know, compensation for injured workers, You need to figure out a way to charge insurance premiums based on the risk involved in the different industries, right? And so you put all your auto repair garages into one classification and you put insurance offices into another uh, because the, you know, the auto repair places, they're using tools, equipment, they're walking around and there's grease spilling and, you know, oil on the floor. And so those guys obviously have to pay a higher uh, insurance premium than people who are sitting at desks all day. who who have less of a chance of becoming injured, okay? So when the business brokerage industry was evolving and people were creating these databases, why reinvent the wheel? Why not just use one of these classification systems that already exists, right? So here's the problem, though, is that these classification systems come from a certain period in time, and as the world evolves, the classification system doesn't quite evolve with it, so I'll give you uh, an example that I would come across from time to time is that there would be a sick code classification for residential swimming pools. So who goes in there? The people who build them, the people who clean them, the people who maintain them, or the people that sell chemicals at a retail store, right? And and the answer is, is that a lot of people in the industry aren't quite certain. So all of those kinds of companies end up in that one bucket, and so if you were going to buy a swimming pool maintenance company and you did a research online and you found that under a certain SIC code, there were 300 sample companies and on average they sold for X multiple of SDE or a certain percentage of revenue and you applied that to a business you were looking at buying um, or applied it to your own business if you were thinking about selling and you're trying to figure out what your business is worth, you would not get an accurate number because of several reasons. Number one, reason number one, Um, the pricing and risk characteristics of a business change as the business changes in size. So a restaurant doing half a million in sales is a lot riskier than a restaurant that does 2 million in sales. And so the multiplier of the $2 million revenue business will be higher than the multiplier of the 500,000 revenue business. And so when I'm going through those databases, what I have to do is I have to choose a bracket of, of size so I'm, I'm looking for a business that may be 15 to 20% smaller and 15 to 20% larger than the subject company that I'm looking at because I want the data to be relevant to the scale and size of the business, okay? And so in the example from last week's call, um, when I saw the graph, there were companies that were very small and companies that were huge, and all of the data was presented and it was all averaged together. And for comparing the subject company that, uh, that this fellow had found, he really needed to remove a lot of those data points because they were statistically not relevant in examining the subject company. So so that's number one, you, know, you have to actually look at this, the size of the business. And then number two, you have to make sure that you call out all of the dissimilar businesses. So when I'm doing that kind of research for my clients, what I'll actually have to do is I'll go line by line and I'll look at once once I've, I've, you know, thinned the herd to the businesses that are similar in size, I then have to de- dive into the data and look at the descriptions and look at any of the background information on each of those records to make sure that the business is actually applicable. It's actually the same thing. So if somebody is looking at a swimming pool construction company, I want to weed out the maintenance guys because that's a different kind of business altogether, right? Um, construction is is totally different than maintenance maintenance has subscription revenue maintenance you know you can keep certain costs in line and you have customers you're billing every month let's say or or seasonally depending on what part of the country that you're in whereas swimming pool construction is like project oriented you know and largely based on the risk of bidding properly when you create your estimation of time and labor and materials and everything like that so they're very different kinds of businesses And you don't want to accidentally price one, the riskier one, the construction one, using data from the business that has regular subscription revenue, the maintenance one, right? So so these are the dangers of using this kind of data. The third big problem that I have found recently is that some of the business for sale websites are offering these premium memberships and when the premium memberships first came out, what they were offering to do was to, to push the latest listings right out to you. So as a buyer, you would get an email right away as soon as a new business was listed in a category uh, within the geography that you're interested in. And now what they're trying to do is they're trying to create these additional data tools that, that make it feel like you're getting even more value. And so I've had buyers now come to me with some reports that come from some of these business for sale websites, and um, the reports are based on asking prices. And that's also very dangerous because I can tell you that there is sometimes very little correlation between a business's asking price and its selling price. Like sometimes people ask a million dollars and then they'll sell the business for 380 grand. And then some people ask 400 grand and they'll sell the business for 380 grand. Like. It can be all over the place, so um, averaging asking prices when examining a certain kind of industry doesn't really give you much either, um, unless you're trying to figure out what an average asking price might be if you're putting your business up for sale, but again, the asking price of your business really has nothing to do with the asking prices of other businesses, because every business is unique. It's a delicate little flower, a falling snowflake that is special. And this is why every case has to be examined. And once you look at the data, you then have to actually sit down and plan the future, and maybe create a little cash flow forecast, like you might be able to do if you took my cash flow forecasting program, um, and create your own little forecast, and then figure out if I buy this thing, and if I or if I you know if I buy this thing for X, or if I sold it to somebody for X what would they be looking at, right? And this is a big issue that a lot of sellers have. They don't wanna empathize with the buyer, they don't wanna to try to put themselves in their shoes, but for a lot of sellers out there who are asking crazy prices, if they sat down and tried to look at how a buyer would buy their business, they would realize that their price is off. So you sit down and you look at it and you say, wow, if I'm gonna put in X amount of money and borrow Y amount of money to pay Z for this business, and then this is my projected cash flow in my pocket over the years, does it make sense for me to do this deal based on what I feel is the riskiness of this business? And that is the real question. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what other people have paid because the business you're looking at could be very different. And let me give you an example. There's an awful lot of data in those databases, for example, for auto detail businesses and car washes. And I can tell you that where I live in Canada, um, Every time I compared one of those kinds of businesses to the database, they were the businesses in Canada were always underperforming. Is that because the people don't work as hard or the pricing is off? Nope. It has to do with the fact that for at least three months every year, the city's throwing salt down on the road and nobody washes their car because they know that as soon as they drive it off the lot, it'll get covered in salt again. And so that makes them different from the majority of the data in the database, right? and so you have to use a little bit of common sense. If you want to learn how to buy a business, then you should head on over to businessbuyeradvantage.com and uh, sign up for my training, and if you've done the training and you want even more, sign up for the Business Buyer Adventure Group Coaching Program, and um, thanks for being on board. Click subscribe if you haven't already, and don't forget to sign up for my email list. You will never miss a video, and you'll get all kinds of other great information, offers, and learn about live events, etc., all that stuff but only if you're on the email list. And with that, we'll say see you later. Cheers.